Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and thanks for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and Project Freedom Radio Network. If you're looking for me on the net, you can find me at leahbrendasmith.com and on Facebook at the radio page, Come Back to Your Senses Radio, or my personal page, Leah Brenda Smith. So today the show is all about the wisdom that the dying have to share with the living. For us to really realize that the dying can inspire the living. And I'm going to make some suggestions for us today so that we can move in life more, that we pay attention more in the moment to realize that that's really where our life exists. And that by bringing our focus to the moment, we have the opportunity to live a more wholesome life, really, and not uh, accumulate things that we would need to regret at some other time, whether it's uh, a day from now, a year from now, or at the end of life. You know, it's it's a natural progression in life that successive generations, you know, we stand on the shoulders of the previous generations and we draw benefit and we draw wisdom from the experiences from those that walked before us. It's just a natural flow. It's no different than what parents do. You know, as parents, we like to think that we raise our children by incorporating the triumphs and the challenges, you know, that we learned from our parents and from the parents before us. And it's the same thing you could think of that as what the dying have to share with the living. You know, and their wisdom is not solely about dying well. It's not just solely about dying well, because really their wisdom is about living well. You know, there's so many people that would suggest that there's a correlation between how you live and how you die. You know, a person who lives a life with love and compassion towards themselves and others 
is more likely to go through the experience of dying with a similar kind of openness and acceptance. Now, families, you know, very few families are really free from conflict on some level. And every family has its lessons to learn, and some families do it through trauma, other families do it through drama, and admittedly, certainly, there are those families that do it through that energy of love and support. But either way, it's all part of the learning curve of being related to others through family. And it's often said that people tend to do more to try and avoid pain than they do to actually gain pleasure or enjoy themselves. And it's usually not until pain becomes, as they say, too much to bear that people find a willingness or even find the courage to make changes. Often the pain that people accept and endure from others really comes from other people are projecting their pain and their suffering onto you. Because people can only change certainly when they want to and when they're ready to or when they're able to. And not everyone has the courage to face their past. And in many situations, the courage comes when one can no longer endure the pain and the suffering. So whatever gets you there, gets you there. And having that sense of being an agent for change within your own life and your own self is so, so potent. Now, the very best way to experience love and, and to accept yourself and others for who they are is, as we've learned, to not have expectations of them. And although in a lot of ways this might seem easier said than done, it's really the most loving way to be in relationship with yourself and with other people, is to let go of the layers and levels of expectations. Sometimes we can get caught in a cycle of reading far too much into something, rather than taking things in the moment just how they are. So for the most part, really, the dying realize that there is little to lose, really, by being totally honest. And because of that, then people that are dying, they often start to share the difficult stories of their life and, and really share and be finally open and honest about the secrets of their lifetime, which can bring a tremendous amount of relief to people. And often it's through that process of sharing those difficult stories and the secrets that they've held back the secrets of their lifetime that enables people that are dying to move into that place of experiencing the grace that is available through the dying process. I'll just share a little excerpt here from uh, Steve Jobs, and it, it's part of a, a speech that he gave to the uh, Stanford University. Um, which was after um, one of the surgeries that he had for removing cancer from his pancreas. And he was reflecting on his own mortality. And he, really the message was about live every day like your last. 
because one day it will be. So he said that when he was 17, he read a quote that went something like, if you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. And he said that it made an impression on him. And then since that time, he has he went through this process with himself where he would look in the mirror every morning and ask himself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And then whenever the answer had been no for too many days in a row, then Steve would take that as good indication that he needed to change something, that something wasn't quite right for him in his inner world or the way he was doing things. And he said that remembering, remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool that I'd ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all of the external expectations, all pride and all fear of embarrassment or of failure, these things really, they just fall away in the face of death. And then what's left really is, is just the things that are truly important. So remembering that you are going to die, Steve said it was the best way that he knew to avoid the trap of thinking that you have something to lose. You're already naked. So there's no reason not to follow your heart. And those are certainly wonderful words, uh, wonderful words about ways that we can approach life. Great inspiration from Steve Jobs. You know, it's interesting for me, this past year it occurred to me that I have uh, already passed middle age. And it struck me as a little bit odd because this realization didn't come to me as I was approaching middle age, but uh, more once I'm already past middle age. And uh, I'm happy to report that realizing this, you know, uh, there was a great energy of calm that came over me. And um, I'm happy to say that a deep sense of relief and satisfaction. You know, there are many challenging years in the first half of my life. And I've shared some of those experiences briefly uh, with you, like accepting, just accepting my past and my mother's sudden death when I was a teenager, recovering from abuse, letting go of addictions, raising my son as a single parent, struggling through interpersonal relationships, letting go of extra weight that I had carried for many years. And really, I list these life experiences just to give you some examples of what it is that I'm referring to. As I realized that during the first half of my life, I felt more disempowered. Now, I recognized that I had lived many of those years at the effect of my life circumstances. And now, as I'm living the years past middle age, I feel empowered and more able, much more able to be at cause in my life. So it's easier, I find it much easier to make clear choices and infinitely easier to know what choices I want to make. 
Now, there's so much to be said for the natural maturation process and how life takes on new layers of meaning as we evolve and mature. Because clearly, the more I learn about and appreciate myself, the easier it is for me to learn about others and to appreciate others. And this seems to really be a key component in the equation that can really allow people to reach the final days of life without regrets. Now, being present and showing up for your life moment by moment it's really one of the greatest opportunities in life. And my experiences of caring for the dying taught me so much about living. So as I accompanied others into the experience, into their experience of surrendering to death, it really helped me to surrender to the experience of living more fully. So now I find that with this new realization of Bahar having already passed middle age, I notice that I'm much more willing to relax and enjoy life. You know, more willing to realize that there is nothing to strive for. There's nowhere to get to. And the luxury, really, of being present moment by moment, that there's grace in that. And, and it's really there is the fullest capacity of the very best that the human experience has to offer. It shows up every moment. It's always available to us. That's a very powerful, potent experience that certainly I gleaned from my experiences of caring for, caring for people in the final stages of their life as they went more fully into the moment, into the experience of their dying days, it opened something in me to go more fully into the moment of living. And here I have just a little refreshing excerpt from uh, Justin Sullivan. He says, this was the closest I've ever been to facing death. And I hope that it's the closest I get for a few more decades. Having lived through it, I can now say this to you with a bit more certainty than when death was a useful but purely intellectual concept. He says, no one wants to die. Even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there. And yet, Death is the destination that we all share. No one has ever escaped it. And that is as it should be. Because death is very likely the single best invention of life. It is life's change agent. It clears out the old to make way for the new. Right now, the new is you. But someday, not too long from now, you will gradually become the old and be cleared away. And then he says, sorry to be so dramatic, but it is quite true. <laughs> the natural progression of life. 
No, and then um, the palliative care nurse, Bronnie War, she wrote an online article that highlighted the top five regrets of the dying. And people all over the world kind of caught up on that and began cataloging and posting on the internet their own wishes and the desires of their close friends and family members. And in the original article, Bronnie listed the top five regrets of her patients that she had cared for. And the overwhelming response that she received really inspired her to write and release a full-length book titled The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, A Life Transformed by the Dearly Departed. And the book is really partly a memoir of her life and then how her life was transformed through the regrets of the dying people that she cared for. And the book was published, it's available internationally, it was published through Hay House. And here I'm just going to um, share in its simplest form what these five regrets are and then a little bit later we'll go into some more detail about them. So the first one is, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself. Not the life that others expected of me. I wish I didn't work so hard. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And I wish that I had let myself be happier. So those are the, the top five regrets from the dying. And there's so much in that, that that we have to learn, that the living have to learn from those experiences. And really the list is possible because it's common for people to have similar contemplative thoughts when they think about their own lives passing by. You know, all too often the dying process, it really gives people the best opportunity to examine how they have lived. Some people refer to that as a life review and I've always felt privileged to participate with others as they're going through their life review and receiving them, hearing them, being their witness. And here's just some common reflective questions that people ask. You know, is life really about making a living? Is it about doing what appears to be the right thing? As an example, with your family and your friends and acquaintances. Is it about contributing to the community? Is it about remaining composed so that others won't feel uncomfortable? with your emotional displays. Yet, really, the experience of living and what the dying have shared with living, it's clear that life isn't about appearances. You know, real life, the real substance of life is more about self-expression and creativity and spontaneity and love and acceptance. And dying people and those who love them often realize that 
too much of time in life is really spent attempting to be responsible adults and not enough time is really spent connecting with life and really being alive. And then some of the other common themes that surface for people at the end stages of their lives include having let significant opportunities pass you by, not following important dreams, not resolving conflicts with loved ones, holding a grudge, and then certainly not enough time for playfulness. Now we spend so much of our childhood learning to be adults, and it can set us up for a lifetime of striving to fit some kind of an idea or even an ideal of what it means to be successful. And then we only realize in the end stages of life that people, people know that they wish that they'd taken the time to pursue the things in life that bring them joy and satisfaction. The dying want more time to simply relax and enjoy life. And people want to be happy, not be caught in that constant pursuit of happiness, but to actually be happy. You know, and it's good, it's good for us to avoid getting caught in that. Uh, there's a really common tendency to be so busy making a living that you forget to make a life so busy making a living that we forget to make a life. So I encourage you, really, to let this wisdom that's gleaned from the dying inspire you to make changes, to help you shift your focus, maybe to help you assess or reassess what it is that is real and important to you in your life, so that you can make the adjustments and you can bring yourself more into alignment with what's precious to you. Ask yourself this question. What really brings me joy and lasting fulfillment? And not so much to be in the pursuit of that, but just to make it your business to spend time doing what it is and being in the experiences that bring you joy and lasting fulfillment. You know, clearly it's important that we remain proactive and we have to use the information to support making positive changes rather than criticizing about the things that haven't happened yet. So while you're listening, just allow yourself to notice if any of the regrets from the dying strike a chord within you. And if you find that something is resonating with you, then it would be a good time to start to make the changes that will get things flowing in a new direction for you. Now, so many people come to the end of their life cycle with regrets. Yet they have hope in their final days that they can pass wisdom on to the living that will make a difference in the way that people live their lives so that others will not have to greet their dying days with regret or with a heaviness in their heart because of having neglected the things that were so important to them while they were living. So one of the important 
the, a really important thing to learn from this list of regrets is that feeling a few moments of awkwardness or being uncomfortable can really reap huge dividends. And sometimes the dividends can be so, so huge that it can actually make the difference between living a life that you want for yourself and living a life that others would be happy for you to live. Sometimes being uncomfortable means following, just following your natural instincts, even when it's not popular. Saying what you mean and meaning what you say. Even though others may not always like what it is or want to hear what it is that you have to say. Sometimes being uncomfortable just means expressing your love and gratitude for the people and to the people that you love. And also being able to receive compliments and taking chances and being willing to grow and express yourself beyond what your current mindset would have you believe is true about you or have you believe is true about your life and about what's possible for you to experience and achieve. So really the new direction that you might find yourself feeling prompted to pursue may not always match what the general population might think of as acceptable. But ask yourself this. If if maintaining the status quo leads to many of the regrets that the dying struggle with, then really, isn't it very wise then to heed the advice and move forward in the direction of your natural flow? Especially if it's unpopular. Because often, those choices really take us in the direction of our truest passions Now, I was recalling a a few exquisite moments that I had while I was gathered with my family at um, my beloved father's funeral. And in his most gentle and compassionate voice, I could hear him in my own inner world. I could hear him say to me, I have lived my life. Now you go and live yours. And really, in my dad's simple message, I could feel him encouraging me to live the life that I want to live. Not the life that others want me to live or the life that I think I'm supposed to live. So I really encourage all of us to take this wisdom and let it move you. See the regrets of the dying as a gift. And let this wisdom be the impetus for you to live your life as you want it. Now, sometimes the most precious moments in life are revealed when we're just willing to be spontaneous and not just follow what's expected, but to do things with the purpose of true enjoyment in the moment. It's, it's been a great year, I hear reporting <laughs> people reporting this, all the time in 2013 it's been a really great year to make that shift 
and to focus more on what really brings true fulfillment, what is really enjoyable, and make it your business to engage in those types of activities. You know, you may want to ask yourself if you knew that your life was coming to an end, what would your top's regrets be? Would you have regrets? You know, what's the one thing that you could do differently starting today to live a more fulfilled and happy and satisfying life? It might be a good time for you to ask yourself these questions. Now, people grow a lot when they're faced with their own mortality. And from my experiences, I've learned not to, to never underestimate people's capacity for growth. Sometimes the changes are subtle, and some of the times they're huge. And everyone experiences a variety of motions, and Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, she outlined some stages like denial and fear and anger and remorse and often more denial and eventually acceptance. And mostly people find their way through some variation of these emotions and stages. And mostly people find their way to peace before they depart. So when uh, Bronnie War and so many others questioned the dying about any regrets they had or anything they would do differently, as I mentioned, these common themes surfaced again and again and so I'm going to share with you now and talk a little bit more about the five common ones, the five common regrets of the dying, as they're outlined in Bronnie's book. And also, these same regrets have been revealed to so many others that have cared for people in their dying days. I certainly listened to a lot of these same regrets during my experiences of doing palliative care with people. And the first one is, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And this seems to be the most common regret of all. And it happens when people realize that their life is almost over and then they look back. And then it's easy to see how many dreams have been left. Now, most people do not honor even 50% of their dreams and move into their dying days knowing that the other 50% of their dreams were disregarded because of some choices that they made and other dreams because of choices they didn't make. So it's really a high priority to encourage, encourage you to honor as many of your dreams as you can. You know, from the moment that you lose your health, things change and it becomes too late for many people to do the things that they wanted to do because other tasks become more immediate and they take precedent in the present. And there's powerful freedom in being healthy, yet for the most part people don't recognize and appreciate that until they're faced with a health crisis. The dying encourage you to make it your business to be amongst the group of people who has a sense of purpose or vision and to be amongst the group of people that 
that feel that they're, they're following their calling. And often it's really a question of degree. So ask yourself how much of your energy is in alignment with your greatest passion. And how much of your time is spent in the expression of the best version of yourself. So moving in, moving in the direction of your truth may be the most potent way for you to ensure not only peace and satisfaction in the moment and in your daily life, but lasting peace and satisfaction right through to the end of your life. And we can all make choices every day that will ensure that we are people that are brave enough to pursue our dreams. You know, human beings are not required to settle for what others expect of them. And when you look back on life, you know, the dying tend to recall that they had so many unreached goals and aspirations. And often they're haunted by decisions that they made. And they really plead with their caregivers to promise that they will not follow in their footsteps, but they will follow their dreams instead. So will you still have lots of years to live? Be sure to make some time for reaching your dreams and start working towards your goals. Don't keep putting them off until it's too late. You know, often the dying say that they, they regret not having the courage to live truthfully. And looking back, people wonder if things would have been better if they were truly honest about who they are. They think about the distress that caused, they caused themselves and others by pretending to be someone that they're not. Granted, it's natural to have concerns about whether or not people would reject you or accept you if you spoke up for yourself. And you might find it easier to compromise yourself just to be liked or to be loved. But really, honesty is generally admired. And if you are revered for who you really are, then that's a way to really determine the people who really love you, the people that really know you. So if you don't yet have the courage to be truthful to others, you can at least start by being truthful to yourself. Now, people have often become angry with themselves for not having the courage to live the life that they wanted. But, you know, the dying don't really care anymore what others think of them, and they wish they could have figured that out while they were healthy. So in these end stages of life, people often realize that the choices they made to keep up appearances and live the way that others wanted them to live was just based on fear. So the dying cannot emphasize enough the importance of living true to your own heart and letting go of worrying about what others will think of you for doing so. So that's the first regret is about not having lived true to the self. And the second is, I wish I didn't work so hard. 
Now, too many parents have missed out on the lives of their children, and too many children have missed out on the lives of their parents because too many parents spent their best years pursuing careers and making money. Yeah, of course, everybody needs to generate income to sustain life, but there's no wisdom and no sense in sacrificing your family just to make more money. So it's good to determine what's important. Do away with what isn't necessary. If it means that you can have improved relationships and better lifestyle choices. Because there still are so many people that take work home and work through their leisure time in the evenings and on the weekends. But ask yourself, what are you going to do about it? You know, some folks make a cutoff time for looking at work emails after hours and on weekends. Some people need to schedule time for themselves and schedule in time for fun and recreation. It's hugely important. I have a friend that his wife makes his schedule, and over the years I've been telling him from time to time that he should talk to his wife and, and tell her that she should schedule in time for them to enjoy each other. So you may be in a situation like that as well, where that would be good for you to schedule in time for enjoyment. We want to make sure to balance work with play and family and connections so that you don't have regrets at the end of your life and say, I wish I wouldn't have worked so hard. And then wishing that you had the courage to express your feelings You know, we can't control the reactions of others. And sometimes people will initially react when you change the way that you are speaking to a way that is more honest. But in the end, really, it can raise all your relationships to a whole new and healthier level. And if that doesn't happen in some of the relationships, then it can help you to un release the unhealthy relationships from your life. So either way, things are moving in the right direction. Now, the dying often say, I should have spoken my mind instead of holding back and resenting things. And a lot of people choose to not confront those who offend them, thinking that it's better to keep things civil. But sometimes suppressing anger just breeds more resentment and bitterness which can lead to various diseases. You know, harboring anger and resentment can also make you emotionally stagnant or even emotionally atrophied, which can certainly, certainly prevent you from realizing your true potential and living your authentic self. So if you want to have healthy relationships, then honesty and confrontation are just simply a natural part of relating. And that sort of common misconception about confrontation, that it creates separation, it's just a myth. Because in reality, when you speak up with kindness in a constructive way, then confrontation can really deepen mutual respect and understanding. And when you express negative emotions with responsibility and maturity, then it also allows you to clear the resentment so that you don't carry that the rest of your life and then have that regret at the end of your life. 
And sometimes, you know, um, when people are dying, family members respond by saying, oh, we shouldn't tell, we shouldn't tell mom or dad that they're dying because they couldn't handle it. And sometimes what's really true in these situations is that family members can't really handle the idea of losing their loved one. So they project their fear onto the loved one that's sick. And then that short-sighted thinking They're thinking that if they aren't honest with them, then in ways they don't have to be honest with themselves or they don't have to go through the process of talking about it and sharing that death process with their dying loved one. So I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings is number three. And number four, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends Because often the dying realize that the true benefits of having old friends, they don't realize until the end of their life. And people can get so caught up in their own lives that they let cherished friendships fade away over the years. You know, there are many deep regrets about not giving friendships the time and the effort that they deserve. And it's common for everyone in a busy lifestyle, to just let your friendship slip. But when you're faced with the end stages of your life and the physical details of your life fall away, no people want to get their financial affairs in order, but it's not really about the money or the status that holds the importance for them. They want to get things in order more for the benefit of those that they love. And often people are too ill and weary then to manage the tasks. So it really comes down to love and relationships in the end. That's all really that remains in the final days, the final weeks, is love and relationships, the connections that they made with people. And sometimes, you know, you'll hear from the dying that I should have been the bigger person and resolved my conflicts. Too often, when people are dying and even at funerals, these experiences become even more uncomfortable because of those broken bonds, those broken relationships that were never restored. And relationships can crumble when the misunderstandings are not dealt with immediately, which for some people results in a lifetime of misunderstanding or hostility. We hear of things like that so much in families and in friendships where people just don't talk to each other. So, so much of that where family, this one doesn't talk to that one, doesn't talk to this one, doesn't talk to that one. I feel so, um, I'm so grateful and so blessed to come from a large family and to come from a large family where Everybody is talking to everybody. It can be so challenging when you are open-hearted and free-flowing and people are struggling and feel challenged and don't even remember what the problems are to begin with. Hmm. Letting go, love and acceptance and appreciation. 
because conflict really is just a part of life. We can't avoid it. But it is good practice to try to resolve the anger and the conflict just as soon as you're able to. And the way to do that is really to speak your heart and choose to forgive. It's good practice to right the wrongs while you can so that you don't end up in those latter stages in life regretting that you didn't clear up your relationships. So you might want to start now to include connecting more deeply with some of the dearest people, whether they live down the street or they live across the world. I've been making it more of a point to do this recently, to actively reconnect um, with great friends as what people report is that apparently everybody, everybody misses their close friends at the end of their life. And I am so thrilled I've reconnected with people that I hadn't had contact with even for 18, 20 years. It's just such a gift, such a gift. And then the fifth, the fifth regret, common regret of the dying is that I wish that I had let myself be happier. And this is a very surprisingly common one. And many times people don't realize until the end that happiness is a choice. They may just be stuck in old patterns and old habits. You know that comfort of familiarity But fear of change can make people pretend to others and to themselves that they are content. But when you're in those last stages of life, what other people think of you is so far away from your mind. And it's really a wonderful thing to be able to just let go and to to just allow yourself to be. Allow yourself to smile and be happy long before you come to the end of your life. Now we can live a life of happiness now. As I mentioned earlier, not something to strive for happiness, but something to allow yourself to allow to be present in the moment. You know, allowing yourself to be happy is a, a key component to experiencing joy You know, joy and laughter and love and kindness, these are natural states for a human being. And when we get out of our own way and stop suppressing and second-guessing ourselves, then we're just naturally happier. And people reported that they pretended to themselves and to others, but deep within, that they longed to be happy, they longed to laugh, and to feel peace in their life. Regrets of the dying. Happiness. They wished that they had been happier. And often they say, I wish that I knew that happiness was a choice. I wish that I knew that earlier so that I could have spent more time being happy. Now people really, really... People don't always realize that happiness is a choice. It can seem so easy to play the victim of circumstances and present, really prevent yourself from, from moving forward in your life. And we've all heard that or we've all been there, you know, where whatever suggestion anybody makes, we come up with a, 
very good reasons why, oh, I can't do that, or yeah, but, or this can't, ah, bah, bah, da, bah, da, bah. But happiness is a choice. And people tend to kind of settle for mediocrity because it's familiar. They tend to be content, pretend to be content, because of being afraid sometimes just to explore new thoughts or feelings or activities. But you can make a choice to have a happy life. Make the choice to welcome change and to make a choice to no longer worry about what others think of you. You can make a choice to relax and appreciate life. Life is all about choices. So choose consciously and choose wisely and choose honestly. You can choose happiness. So there is a great message from the dying to understand that that the peace that people often find before dying is available right now. It's not something that anyone needs to wait until their final days to experience. Everyone has the choice to change their life. Everyone has the choice to be courageous enough to follow their instincts and live a life that's true in your heart. Living a true life is the best way of ensuring that you will not be faced with the common regrets of the dying in the final days of your life. Being kind to yourself and others, forgiving yourself and others, focusing really on these two aspects within yourself and in your interactions with others can go a really long way in establishing a healthy foundation for peace and enjoyment in your daily life. The courage that we need to change can easily come. It can easily come to you through a kind and forgiving heart. Really, to live your best life is to live the life that you were created for. And the way you can do that is by just following your instincts, following your natural instincts moment by moment can help you really to come to that best version of who you are. And from that place, you can flourish. They say, not just survive, but actually thrive. So the list of the regrets of the dying. I wish that I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself not the life others expected of me. I wish I didn't work so hard. I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. I wish that I had let myself be happier. I wish that I had let myself be happier. Very, very potent. And now, 
the positive attributes, really, that the dying are encouraging the living to realize. Let's sum it up just in one sentence. Be who you are. Find balance. Speak honestly. Value others. And allow yourself to be happy. Be who you are. Find balance. Speak honestly. Value others. And allow yourself to be happy. Now, a few days ago, I... Uh, the daily inspiration from the Kabbalah Center was on balance. It was uh, Tuesday, June the 4th, and it struck me, and it struck me pertinent for today's uh, program. So I'd like to uh, end the show today with that little conversation from Yehuda Berg on balance. It's a little story. A great sage once told a student, to carry two notes in his pocket at all times. In his right pocket, there he should put a note that said, I am everything. Well, in his left pocket, another note read, I am nothing. Now, in moments when the student felt he was greater than others. He was to read the note in his left pocket that said, I am nothing. But when he felt depressed or badly about himself, he was to read the inspirational message in his right pocket, which said, I am everything. So this is an important lesson on maintaining balance within our consciousness. A person who is spiritually evolved knows that they are never any greater or any less than the person standing next to them. It's all a question of balance no greater or no less than anyone. The five regrets of the dying, the remedy, be who you are. Find balance, speak honestly, value others, and allow yourself to be happy. Well, that is the information for today's show. I am your ever grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith, and I thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. And until next time, I encourage you to relax and enjoy your life and let yourself be happy. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. 
thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.